0: Hey everyone, it's Antiquated Ideas. And uh, so, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, and I felt like I really should do one. Um, I don't really have anything particular to talk about, um, but I did say that, you know, every now and then uh, I might want to talk about some of my interests. So, I think that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, and so, fuck it. Uh, I'm just going to talk about cars. Because uh, cars are, are one of my passions, and um, you know, uh, there's a lot that that goes into it. Like, there's so many different angles that you could approach the topic from, really. Um, and so, you know, one is I'll, I'll just start out. Uh, I'll say, you know, the the way that I got interested in cars is um, I had this sort of fascination with them from the time that I was really young, uh, because my father was um, a, a Porsche mechanic uh worked on the the older 911s um the air cooled 911s uh he was a semi professional rally driver and you know he he did a bunch of other interesting things here and there too um a car that he used to have that unfortunately um got into an accident um was this i think uh, i think it was a 5000 maybe it was a 200 i can't remember either way it was an Audi 5000 or an Audi 200 effectively the same car um, 2.25 cylinder, 20 valve turbo motor. And, um, that car is pretty badass. You know, I, I remember really liking it as a kid. Um, it's just a brick with wheels. Uh, but that's what's so fucking cool about it. Um, and we had this Porsche 944 as well uh, by we, I mean he, um, you know, and also my mom was, uh, a very good driver as well i mean she was featured in car and driver um Mm -hmm. for the bmw 325 ix um the original one the e30 by the way um so that was pretty cool to to see that you know she did some modeling for that and um you know she would go to the track as well she had an audi quattro v8 um that unfortunately i never got to see but that car is pretty cool um you know, and uh, so that's that's really how I got into it is just being around my parents who were both into cars and around their friends who were into cars and going to car shows and, and doing all these things when I was younger. It really, you know, it got me involved in, in just the scene and seeing all these different uh, types of cars and builds, and, you know, it just gave me this immense appreciation for all the different ones out there, I mean, like, shit, if I had the money, I mean, I would be a full fucking Jay Leno, you know, have a, have a full hanger full of cars, because you really can't have too many, I mean, there's just, if you drive them, you know, you appreciate them all, then yeah, you you might as well. I mean, I think it starts to become too many when you can no longer drive them. And um, maybe that's where Jay Leno's at. Probably that's where Jay Leno's at. But I think that Jay Leno's also just a bit of a collector, and he likes to preserve some rather rare and interesting things. But I mean, you know, that's that's where it started. And uh, when I was I can't remember now if I was almost 16 or if I just turned 16 or what. Um but the first car that that I bought and the car that I still have is a 1986 Nissan 300ZX. So kind of the black sheep <clears throat> kind of the black sheep of the Z family, not counting the 280ZX or the 280Z also. Um because that's the that's the black sheep of the S chassis, um, Z car, but they're, they're fucking cool, by the way, um, and it's fine that I say that, because I know only, like, 10 of you actually listen to this, and so me saying that won't drive the prices up, um, and unfortunately, you know, like, with the Z31, uh, that is, that's sort of a problem now, uh, fuck, I remember when I first got that car, nobody knew what it was, I mean, shit, I didn't know what it was either, um, A funny story is how we came across that car i was looking to get a 944 or conversely uh, i like 63 to 65 ford rancheros um and i was looking for either one of those or, or just something interesting and we went to ted vernon in miami and this this dude real short dude and i mean real short like maybe five feet if that um not quite midget level, but, you know, he's around there, um, interesting guy, though, uh, he had this very long mustache, you know, like, came down, the mustache came down past his lips, past his chin, you know, and it's hanging down off of his face, and, uh, he always wears shorts and flip-flops and, um, you know, very, like, quintessentially Florida personality, um, And he had all this taxidermy in his office. Well, anyway, uh, I asked him about the Rancheros and he said, oh, well, you know, I I think I got a few over in my other warehouse and that's where we work on some of the cars and it's extra storage and whatever. So um, he gets his his guy to uh, take us there and the dude comes back with bolt cutters and we're sitting there thinking, what the hell? And uh, he says, oh, these are the keys, you know, making a joke, uh, but uh, not like we knew. And, and we end up going to this like industrial section of Miami and uh, the mechanic who who uh, opened the door for us when we got there, dude's like a crack addict. I mean, you know, he, he had uh, his mattress in the other room and we could tell that, that this dude was clearly living there and he was clearly, you know, on something. Um, well, anyway we were walking around and, um, you know, looking at all the different, I mean, the, he had, uh, had like a crazy collection in there. I mean, you know, think about like Mark four Supras. He had, um, one of the BMW eight series, like the Eight Fifty. Um, I mean, just, you know, all these cars, um, like model T's model A's and, you know, uh, he had a sunbeam tiger there, which is a really cool car. If you don't know what it is. Um, just all this like really neat stuff and my dad's friend happened to point out my car just just sitting over there super good looking the paint kind of messed up the car good looking though Uh, interior is super clean like almost brand new um and they jump-started it and you know put the new battery on everything and it fired right up and uh unfortunately um the guy uh, who started the car did not have an absolute clue what he was doing and uh, proceeded to start the car in gear and it jumped into a post in front of them. Thankfully, it didn't fuck up the bumper, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, But I guess that's what those five mile an hour bumpers are for, you know. Um, And the uh, crackhead mechanic ended up walking straight into the passenger mirror and broke it, which, by the way, it's still broken. Um, but you know, and eh, whatever, just a nice little reminder. Um, yeah. So, you know, I bought that car and it, I didn't even know how to drive stick. My, my dad had to teach me. Um, and from that point forward, you know, I've never had an automatic car. Um, but it just, I know that it's, like I said before, the black sheep of the Z family, but man, that was a car that I just fell in love with it's just so visceral and real, and, you know, the noise of the exhaust, and it doesn't have a catalytic converter, so, uh, you know, smelling the, the gas when you start it up and everything, and when it's running, I mean, it was just, like, this is a car, you know, it's not some new, like, foam mattress pad on wheels, it was, like, this is a car, like, you hear the exhaust, you smell it, you, you know, you feel the road, and, uh, the suspension was pretty stiff, um, and, you know, it had all these noises to it, too, and that was something that I, you know, wasn't exactly used to, because I'd never had a car before, um, you know, I was just thinking about my dad's, like, regular daily driver cars, um, and, I never realized just how many noises cars make, and I'll tell you what, that, that car, you know, my parents helped me out a lot in terms of money and fixing that car, because it needed a few repairs, um, as does any car, especially a 30-year-old car, um, but it, it really, it put up with everything that I put it through, and I've got to give it credit for that, because it did good and I, I mean, I still love that car, right now that car is my daily, because my other two are down at the moment, it's just, I would say that was, like, the cataclysm, you know, for what really got me into driving and everything, and not just cars, but driving, I mean, I'll I'll be the first to say that I don't particularly enjoy working on my car, I, I mean, I get satisfaction definitely from, uh, like, cleaning and, detailing and minor work, but not necessarily um, from, you know, stripping the head off the motor and overhauling it. That's not to say, I guess, that I wouldn't enjoy it if I had the right place to do it, but my driveway in Florida's 90 degree weather is not the place to enjoy it. So, Maybe that's why I don't like doing it, because uh, I don't like sweating and, you know, feeling the sun bear down on me at all hours. Every minute turns into, uh, you know, a day trying to do something. But, uh, hey, some people put up with it. I just don't. So, I don't know. It, but still, you know, I, I enjoy learning about how cars work and the theory and the mechanics and everything behind it. Um, but really I got into driving, especially because my dad was a a racing driver. And so, you know, I, I quickly picked up how to actually drive and that's what just blew me away. You know, that's, that's what got me addicted is driving. I mean, cars, you know, as, as a, a piece of art and, um, as this machine you know they really are truly wonderful things uh but really it was it was the experience of actually driving and i i i couldn't own a car that i don't enjoy driving you know now that that i like it so much with the nissan it's it's that super raw feeling uh and it's it's like a portal to a different time you know with the um, it's mm-hmm. all the equipment in it is still analog. It's still original. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fantastic seeing it all. And I love it. I mean, it's a great experience mm-hmm. and it's a very usable car too, to drive every day. Um, and then after that, um, my grandmother helped me out actually quite a bit. And I ended up getting this, um, 1999 BMW 528i wagon with a five speed. Uh, cause like I said, haven't owned an automatic. So that car was great also and that was a car that I also really enjoyed driving and it's my the only BMW that I've ever owned but I can certainly say that BMWs have a feel, you know, especially and everyone says it's that E39 and older. E39 is sort of like the pinnacle, I guess, like the the greatest refinement of the mechanical BMWs, not not the entirely electrical driven ones. Um obviously they still have a combustion motor, but you get what I'm saying. Um that car was just like that was refinement. That was luxury. That was comfort. Um but it still had power, you know, even though it was only 190 horsepower, um that car was just insanely comfortable and it was pretty quick too. I mean that was a different experience because with the Nissan, you know, getting over 100 miles an hour is, it's a it's a full experience. It's a full thing, you know, where where it's like, holy shit, I'm going fast. And that's to say, you know, that 100 is fast. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's fast, but it's not that fast. And uh, the BMW, I mean, it would cruise at 120, and the only way you knew you were doing 120 was the rate at which you were passing other cars i mean that's just it was made for the highway like that and that car was fantastic i mean seriously that was comfort and luxury and, and you know just that deluxe feeling um and i really love the smell of cars too and the bmw all bmw's or at least all older bmw's have this specific smell and I think it's due to the leather that they use, but you would know it. Like, if, you, if you've if been around those BMWs, you'd know it has the BMW smell to it. Just like Audi has a smell, Porsche has a smell. I mean, they, they all do. Um VW has a smell. I'm sure that Nissan has a smell. Um, I don't know. I mean, but it was great. I mean, it was like, you know, you had this nice ice-cold AC and... Um, the steering was weighted, but you could still feel everything. It never felt like a chore to drive. It never felt like it was a boat, even though it was a wagon. I mean, it was a very capable car, um, but it definitely wasn't a sports car, and I like that. I mean, that got me into wagons, and I fucking love wagons now. Um, the next car that I bought, um, (sighs) sorry, I took a hit of my vape because i'm fiending um but the next car that i bought i got into construction and i bought a 2006 um subaru wrx wagon um that car i still have i sold the bmw and I, i got that and that's that brought me back to that like raw feeling and now this is my first turbo car also so That was fucking fun. I mean, turbo noises are addicting. And so is the boxer motor. That just has such a great sound. It's fucking straight piped. I mean, it's just badass. It's fun. There's no other way to put it. I mean, it's just fun. You know, it's a car that you just want to floor it everywhere you go because you love the noise. You love the feeling of the acceleration and it's fucking cool too because it's got turbo lag and new cars don't have that because people are pussies and they want their turbo on demand. No, fuck you. You got to wait for it. And I like that. I like that feeling of like, you know, and it revs pretty fast. So you wait maybe a second and then you're at 3000 RPM. The turbo kicks in, you get pushed back in your seat. I mean, that's fucking fun. And it's a great car. I mean, it's a wagon too. And so it's, it's good for hauling things around. That was my daily driver for two or three years. Um, and it's, it's been great as a daily driver. Uh, I drove it with a misfire for, for two years. So that's a testament to that Subaru reliability right there. Um, no head gasket jokes, by the way. Uh, I didn't have that problem, but, it did eat oil like a bitch. It still does, I mean. Um, and, yeah, I I dailyed it, and it was great. I mean, the AC, not so great. Um, probably could have done something about that, but eh, whatever. Um, it's it's good. It's just fun, you know. And then um, I ended up buying. Uh, I wanted to set that car aside, you know, and I still plan on, on turning it into a, a race car or something or a track car, not necessarily a race car um then i bought a mazda speed 6 and that's supposed to be my daily right now um the shifter cable's broken waiting to install the new one but that car is nice it's it's just a good daily um i think mazda did a really good job combining combining that luxury feel with a sport feel you know it's a four-cylinder turbo um it's like 270 horsepower and like 300 foot-pounds of torque um, and so that's cool, I like that, I mean, it's, it's fast, it picks up fucking quick, it'll spin the tires, and, uh, it's reliable, and it's comfortable, um, nice cold AC, you know, um, there's not a million fucking buttons and gadgets and shit to beep at you and flash in your face, and I like that, I appreciate that in a car, um, You know, like the BMW was sort of that way because it was more luxury. The Nissan is that way, but it's cool because it's all 1980s and and retro. And, you know, I like that stuff. Um, The Subaru, not that way at all. And the Mazda is like, it gives you what you need and that's it. Um, But that's fine because I like that. And it's just good. I mean, it's just a good car. It handles well. You know, it's it's a 3,000-something pound car, Um, probably like 3,400 pounds, I think but it doesn't handle like it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very capable car as well. And they're a bit of a gem too. I think uh, there, there weren't that many. They only made them for two years. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's just driving all these different cars has really given me a passion for driving. And I guess I would fall into that like enthusiast category where like you really fall in love with it. And, it's a, it's a hard thing to explain to people who don't get it, who who think that a car is just like, oh, it gets you from point A to point B. Because it's so much more than that. You know, like each car has a personality that you have to figure out. And um, that's kind of why I like them. You know, like they all want to be treated differently. They all respond to different things. And it's just so great that way. Um, it's like, you know, there's there's a lot of other things that go into it too. It's not not just driving. I mean, you know, I loved hearing these motorsport stories too. Um, like the story of Ford versus Ferrari is a good one. Um, you know, Ken Miles and and Shelby, how they made the GT Forty, and. I mean that's a that's a great story it's It's a more popular one. you might have heard about it um, probably one of my favorite ones outside of rally stories and Rally is like I could talk about rally for a, a good hour in another podcast, so I won't do it here because if I start talking about it I'm going to keep talking about it but um outside of rally there's the story of the uh secretary cars that Porsche made um I can't remember if that was the 959, um, whatever it was. It was it was an, a genuine, like, racing car um, that Porsche made. And so, now, there's something called homologation uh, in racing. And so, homologation is a manufacturer has to create a certain amount of street legal, like, road production cars in order to race. And so for porsche to meet the demands of the homologation um they had to churn out you know so many cars what i think it was 500 cars in uh however long it was only like a few months you know it was like five six months something like that um and porsche was by no means equipped to handle this, especially considering that the 911 was pretty successful. They also had the 944. Um, They also had the 968, and now they're trying to get all these race cars out. So the reason that they're called the secretary cars is because Porsche needed all hands on deck, literally all hands on deck, to the point where they were bringing everyone out of the office down to the shop putting a wrench in their hand and teaching them how to assemble these cars just so that they could meet the quota and sure enough they did it it almost bankrupt porsche and porsche was really relying on the car's success in motorsports um, to not only just win you know these championships but to also sell these homologation cars and it did, it did it for them, and it's one of the things that put Porsche on the map for Motorsport, um, and it saved their company, because, you know, Porsche might not be around today if that failed, but that's one of those stories that I just, I really like hearing about, and it's got this sort of, like, mystique to it, um, it's just, it like, it's a story that your grandfather would tell you, you know, like, just this crazy event that they lived through. And that's what I, I love about motorsports and cars. And, you know, you, you start hearing about the design of cars and blah, blah, blah. Um, all these little things that, that go into it that I just, I love, you know, and, and being that I love history and everything, I really love hearing about all those little pieces that come together to to make what we know now or, or the like the legacy that we know now. Um, and... To me, that just kind of ties into the personality of the car. But on the other hand with cars is is that feeling of driving. And it's not something that I would really know how to describe. It's either like you get it or you don't. But for me, driving is... is just as much enjoyable as it is relaxing as it is an escape you know you can go for a drive at night if you're having a bad night you want to just get away you know just get in the car and drive listen to some music you know feel the road and and that's that it's very it's very uh cathartic and there's also times when you know you like driving like an enthusiast would, where where you know you're you're hitting the bends and you know you can hear the tires squealing and the roar of the engine and you know then it's it's very raw and it's very in your face, it kind of violent, uh, but but that's you know just as enjoyable and uh, it gets the adrenaline going and it's it's just something that you know, you can't really explain and same thing, you know, doing 140 down the highway at at one in the morning when you're blasting your music, you know, and you feel like you're in an entirely different dimension and that's its own feeling too. I mean, it's just, you know, I've, I attach feelings to cars and not just the way that the car in general makes me feel, but, but these certain scenarios like that, um, And that's what makes me love them even more is is that it's so hard to explain these things. It's something you just have to experience, you know? Like, how do you explain why it's fun? I mean, especially, you know, going fast in a straight line on the highway. You know, I don't give a fuck about drag racing. I think it's boring. But there's just something undeniably nice about going fast on the highway at night and seeing all the lights and listening to the music and listening to the car. And, you know, like at that point, it's just you and the car and the road. And, and the car stops becoming a car and it starts becoming a part of you. And that's that's what I just love so much with driving. It's It's very like magical. It's almost spiritual in a way that you just have this connection with the car and you know what this car is doing. It's it's like it's speaking to you. You know, It tells you how much throttle input it wants. It tells you when to shift. It tells you what the tires are doing, where they're pointed. You can feel the weight of the car and where it is. I mean, it's just like I tried to think about the other day, okay, um, I was trying to think about my shifting habits, and, now, I always, I, I still don't know what the fucking difference is, but double clutch downshifting and rev matching, I, I call them the same thing interchangeably, there's probably a difference, I don't know what it is, but I do that, and I was thinking about that habit, you know, and I'm trying to analyze the way that I shift and see, okay, is there anything I can do better? Am I doing something wrong? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it occurs to me that in the time that it takes for me to think about this, I'm just automatically shifting the car. There's not a thought to it. It's a feeling, you know, like that car is just part of me. I just know what to do and when to do it to the point where it's so habitual, and it's so automatic, and it's so integral that I stop, like, it, it, it's something that requires effort to actually stop doing and think about, but I don't know, it's just, it's a very hard thing to explain. I ought to make A podcast, again, another one. Cars Part 2, the movie, the sequel, um, and possibly even the trilogy. Who knows? But I ought to make one about... Because we're coming up to 30 minutes here, and I don't mean to do that. I'm sure you're probably bored already. But... I should talk about you know the way that um, cars fit into my vision of you know eco nationalism as well because that's what started this channel that's what started this podcast is eco nationalism um, because I do actually have um, quite a few opinions on how they fit and um, how cars fit into um you know, the environmental picture, because there is quite a bit that you could actually talk, or that I could actually talk about when it comes down to that. I think that it's, it's a lot more than, than just being as black and white as car good or car bad, you know, so that's a pretty complex topic, so I I guess I'll get into it in another one, but... Anyway, um, that's the fucking podcast, so uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about one of my passions. Um, if not, uh, go fuck yourself, because I enjoyed it, so um, there's that, but I'm sure you did enjoy it. So yeah, feel free to, to let me know You know what you think. Um, I got a new Instagram for my car, speaking of my, my Nissan, uh, so if you want to check that out, that's PC underscore... Z31 Um, Check that out Go go like it up Go look at my car Ogle at it Drool over it It's a good looking car What can I say?